Perth Gym Chronicles, my name is Ryan Morano, and for the fourth instalment of our Fringe World mini-series, we are chatting to the team behind a very charming, refreshing and brave show. It's called Dancing in the Driveway, and if you get to see the show, it's so much more than dancing in the driveway. Yes, there is dancing, there is talk of puppies, but there is also a story of a young woman's journey through me mental illness. Now joining me right here is the show's writer and performer Evelyn Snook. Hello. And the show's composer and other performer B Gosper. Hello. Well, well, thank you very much for <laughs> having me here. And now I was very lucky to catch this show at Lady Beaufort. And what I really liked about the show was you presented great honesty. Mm -hmm. You owned your mistakes. You, you, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you studied your lines, but you owned and you made a joke of it, and you were just... Were you there the, you were there the night that I stuffed up the, and said His Majesty's that I... Yes, yeah. that was... Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was, that was, uh, it was a fun one. <laughs> and you also... That was good, you did with that, you dealt with that well. Yeah, I did, I just said completely the wrong place, that I, and I was like, I performed at His Majesty's Theatre, and I was like, no, I didn't do that, that would have been amazing if I did. But what I also really liked, you provided opportunities and strategies for audience members to cope with the show subject matter. Mm -hmm. um, you know, when I sat on my chair, I wonder if I have it. No, I didn't bring it with me. Um, oh, the brochure? You have the brochure mm. from uh, Mental Helping Minds Helping WA, Minds, yeah. which is a free mental health advisory service. So please check out Helping Minds. Mm -hmm. um, and also you provided the opportunity, you know, anyone can leave at any point. Yeah. Which was, I thought, nice. And you had the name, uh, the name, the name and number of Lifeline, um, which was just, so what I liked, you were very self-conscious about the show. Mm. So, Evelyn, how and where did this show start? Well, it sort of started for me, I guess, well, in a, it's my life. It's a life story kind of thing, so I guess it was my life. But also the the desire to make something, a piece of theatre about my um, experiences, came after watching Thirteen Reasons Why, which is a, was a show on Netflix uh, that came out in two thousand and seventeen, I think. Um, and I watched it because my friend from high school was in it, and. Yeah, and I, I was really, you know, it's a very important subject matter and I was really angry with the way that they portrayed it and the lack of care that they took in in collect, in supporting the audience that was going to be watching it in terms of, like, triggering material and all kinds of things like that. And um, I just felt like I could do it so much better and I felt like that it, it was such an important thing that we need to be making art about, but... I just was so, I was so sure that it could be done better and I guess I kind of thought that my story could offer that in a way, my perspective and, um, you know, a lot of the, the, the way that I, you know, try and take care of the audience um, comes from being an audience member myself in, and experiencing things that are incredibly confronting and not being offered that sort of opportunity. So that's a really important thing for me because I'm, well aware that it is harsh and it's it's a lot to take in and and you know you don't everyone else in the room is in a completely different space in their life and I'm I'm I don't know that and of course there's no way that I can 
prevent anyone from ever being triggered or upset by anything. But if I, I feel like if I can offer this kind of support and notion that it's okay to get up and leave, it's okay to cry in your seat, it's okay if you need to close your eyes and not watch a certain bit, like, whatever you need in the time. Like, if I can create that kind of space, then I think I will have done something right. It's just my dog has just come down to have a little look-see. Oh, this is <laughs> what, one of your coasts. Yeah, this is, this is Belle, the beautiful Belle, who is my, my little rock and who doesn't really give a shit about what's going on, but she doesn't know it, but she's famous. Um, yeah. I think, yeah, when people look at the Facebook page, the Dancing in the Driveway yeah. event page, there is the image of Belle. There is, yes. There's lots of images of Belle. Um, my beautiful, beautiful dog with dementia, as you can... I don't know if you... She stares off into the distance. Like, you know, what's going on in that brain? I don't think any of us really know, but uh, she's gorgeous and she's lovely and she's so dumb and yet somehow has this kind of intuition of knowing when you're in trouble or you need help and she'll just come and, like, sit and, you know, more often than not, fart and be smelly and gross but she like she's just there and so important to feel not alone when you're struggling so I do love her to pieces and I'm finding this hilarious that she's just standing here while I'm talking about her she has no idea and isn't that just charming and, and I think I don't, I don't think she can see any of no this. no definitely not she's, just she's having, looking in our direction but I don't think she's actually she's just having anybody. a whole a whole nother experience of this world and isn't that a beautiful thing Anyway, sorry, no. a huge distraction. <laughs> well, what also was nice too was the live music too. And I found your Thank relation, you. B's relationship with Evelyn, like in the performance context, mm. because you, you, you come on, you play this acoustic guitar, wonderful, people just see this bloody show. You understand, <laughs> you understand what I, and I have to be, you know, I've, I've seen it and I don't want to give anything away, but B comes and plays these wonderful... Um, compositions which highlight um further explains Evelyn's story what was your process be in working with Evelyn it was well so we did it with Evelyn wrote the lyrics basically and sent them to me and I kind of knew the story and I'd seen an earlier version of the show as well um so I got I think a bit before I got the script as well but we kind of went through them all together and just got this little stack of poetry um, mm. to then turn into stuff which was so yeah really interesting for me like I obviously normally write my own lyrics so I'll write lyrics with somebody and then we like moved them around and edited them, them edited them a bit to fit into songs but yeah it's kind of uh, quite freeing I found to write songs wholly to tell someone else's story um, even though I have like you know my own uh, journey I guess that I can like relate to some of the things in this show for sure um, and like think it's important to tell this story but it's not mine so yeah it, it was quite yeah quite freeing and really interesting to just be writing this music for somebody else for someone else's story and was there any conversation because the guitar yeah are there instruments being played or used being more because what I loved about it was hearing raw music or well, live music. Mm. Not no, there was no electronic music played at all in the show. No, there wasn't. No, just no. the sound effect, but no actual music. No. Yeah, well, we had originally. I was gonna be um, like pl- plugged in. I was gonna have a microphone and 
that kind of thing to be heard. Um, and yeah, and like an amp, but the space didn't really allow it. And yeah, I think acoustic worked like a lot better. And it gave me the freedom as well to, because the thing as well is like, where am I in the space during the show? And like for quite a bit of it, I'm just kind of there. I'm just a bit of a presence at the back. Um, but doing it acoustically kind of gave that a lot of like freedom as well to be able to move around while playing and be able to walk up and play and walk back and that kind of thing um, kind of opened up a new world. But having you as a presence is like, it's funny when the, I, when we decided to like work together on this thing and I was so keen for you to do live music no, because you... I just wanted a pal <laughs> yeah. on stage with me to just kind of like metaphorically and sometimes literally hold my hand <laughs> and um because it's you know it's so hard and like even but just like knowing that V's there and I sort of have checkpoints in the show where and it's it's like kind of the way that it's structured to you know to be for myself and also for the audience but in terms of like I know I know when a song's coming up and I know it, like I know when I get to the really hard bits that that, that this bee's gonna come on in a second yeah, and give me a cuddle <laughs> and it's um yeah like it's just incredibly helpful and I think the fact that we are friends and have these conversations about mental health and we are really open and honest and do share like that kind of was similarities in us. We actually have a lot of similarities in our stories, mm. as well as a lot of differences. But I think that has been so helpful. I guess, yeah, like it just sort of made this idea of doing this thing go from a pipe dream to actually something that I could see how it could happen. I think I hope to do like as that kind of friend and supporting like presence in the show to you. I hope to be that for the audience in moments as well. Like I think it's so interesting having like this you know, uh, piece is, like, very... It's got a lot of words. Like, you have so much that you say. Mm. And there's so much happening, and it, like, moves at quite a decent pace. And then that, like, changes a lot when it just is parts that are focused just on music. Mm. And I think there's points where that's, like, really important as, like, almost respite for the audience. Yeah, bringing that, like, letting things settle for a second and letting people have some time and letting people just kind of listen and think and like sit in where they are for a moment it's really interesting to be able to do I tell you I want to shave my head and you tell me you're making you feel sick it reminds you of the things I used to do running away and always up way too late I don't know what to say I remember them too See, I spoke to the team who are doing Dad at the Blue Room Theatre um, mm. and I was just interested in talking about autobiographical art. Mm. And in your opinion, both of your opinions, what, are, what would like some do's and don'ts, are there taboos? What, in your opinion, like obviously there should be some stories that would say, nope, that is not for public consumption mm. um, were there any stories that were in previous like your creative development last year at the Blue Room Theatre that did not make it to this show uh, yeah really really good question and something I think about a lot all the time and was an integral part I think of making the show I, I don't know if I, I guess there are just things that 
you don't but I think it's you don't talk like I don't want to say that though because I think everyone's if a performer is willing to share it then hmm but in terms of the structure and making my show no stories in particular that I I think I've always been very clear in knowing what that looks like and I think actually part of that has come from my experiences of doing group therapy at the hospitals um and we one of the things they do is they quite like very detailed map out like this is what we will talk about and what we won't talk about and like if you want like not like don't talk about it but it's just acknowledging that there's you know eight or nine people in a room all struggling at this moment so if you're if you're experiencing you know like graphic things or whatever it is that that's like that's you go out of the room and and a a counselor or or nurse or someone will talk to you about it but it's not something you share in that space so I took brought all that in and then as well as that sort of um just a common sense and and yeah and as well I did a I did a creative development of the tilt piece so this was before the showing that I did in September this would have been about May last year and that was a very rough and raw in terms of that I hadn't taken the time to think about the structure and that was when I got the note that people were like we were worried about you on the stage it wasn't in the sense that like I had said anything particularly like triggering or anything like I hadn't but they were like as a like we you know we stepped out of being an audience and we were like your teachers like is Evelyn okay and then it's like so how do you structure a show where well I mean I guess that is that is a thing that you just have to be aware of that like particularly when you're perform like because you when you were when you're watching an actor say performing in like a Chekhov play or something you will happily watch them break down in tears and be like they're acting it's fine they're fine because that's they're playing a role but when someone's playing themselves or or telling a true story or a story that they think is true like it you kind of as an audience you you there's that level of not of uncertainty about that and it's something to play with and I, I I don't think I think maybe for a while I thought it's something you never want to cross that line and you never want the audience to be worrying about you as a performer. But I actually think that that, I think there probably is a, that's a very interesting thing to explore. But in this show, I was very, I, I really didn't want that. I wanted at all times the audience to feel like I am safe because, yeah, I guess it's, it's scary to be sitting there and going, is this person okay? And that's, it, it's structured in the way... <laughs> yeah, like just lots of thought went into the way things are structured and using sound effects and mapping the emotional journey of the performance and making sure that whenever there's a moment that it's like, oh shit, that I like hold the audience in that and I say, hey, it's okay to feel this and, and like, you know, I mean, it was very overwhelming seeing all the teary eyes, particularly of mums in the audiences, <laughs> but like I think even then... I think we held it really well and um, that's something I'm really proud of and but also something I just think is really important as a theatre maker to be thinking about your audience, particularly in this topic. Maybe like, there's, some, there's some topics where you can just like 
freak them the fuck out but you know in i think when you're talking about mental illness i think you want to be holding their hands while you're doing it because it can come down to why some stories are there as well like in terms of structure um like there's stories in this kind of topic that are for sure like therapeutic to tell and maybe like they feel good to perform and they feel good to communicate and you know tell audiences about this um but in this show, like you were thinking a lot about structure and a lot about mm. what sort of journey I guess you're taking audience members on and what you're like telling them overall and what message it's sending mm. um, with this topic being something that it's important to be very careful and specific and like you know have very well thought out intentions about the message you're sending. So there's like stories that feel really good to tell that you want to put in in these kind of shows sometimes. Then you have to think like, what is it actually? You know what? Are, what is the audience getting from that? What are they seeing from this? And what is it? Yeah. What What's it telling them and showing them within this structure, within this show? And it's like can be a bit of a battle with yourself. I think mm. figuring out like what, yeah, what do we put in? What do we take out? Um, mm. And it can't. It's not always like the thing that feels the best to perform or the thing that you want to perform most. That isn't always what mm. belongs in the show most. Totally. And I guess going off that, I would say going back to your do's and don'ts. The only like thing I think about would suggest is if you're making autobiographical work, get other people to watch it <laughs> and look at it yeah. and say things like, Hey Ev, why are we doing that? And then <laughs> and I'll and I'll go and I'll try and explain it. And and this was uh Noemi Hutnakoros, my beautiful dramaturg, quite a few times. Also B performed this role quite a few times and Danny as well, Daniel Dosek. Um the where they were just like and, and why are we saying that, Ev? And I'd just do this long-winded explanation and then I'd be like, I, I just was, it was, I just don't need to, just don't need to do that. I can just cut that, that entire section. There's, there was some very silly moments um, that just didn't need to, but you know, I, but when, you, when you're in it and when it's your story, you can't always see that. So I think it's really important yeah. to have that to be. And I guess that's something about that very first piece that I showed back when the, back when I got the feedback that we were worried about you, it was that at that stage I had not shown it to anyone mm. and I had not had that feedback of like, you know, of what it's like to watch it. So I think that has been a really important step. And I guess it is with all theatre because you never really, you know exactly what you're doing. But I think particularly when it's your story um, and also then people will like shy away from that and be like, it's not real theatre, which is, you know, an interesting and I guess kind of valid point but something I don't agree with really but the that like it's really important to get feedback and probably as well from people that you trust and care about because and and care like and you you know that they're not gonna say your life is a piece of trash but um I mean I haven't met anyone that said that to me yet (laughs) I did have one guy tell me that to change some of my choreography which was interesting but other than oh. that <laughs> I love that that was the thing out of the whole thing he's like hmm what was that what were we thinking about that choreography at the end Evelyn and I was like whoa okay yeah but he was like a dance guy so he was oh, like okay. yeah he was like it was an interesting choice and I was like yeah okay there was a, there was a whole show about my mental illness in there but no that's a good good pickup <laughs> thank you Well, sorry doesn't feel big enough for everything I put you through on a thousand worried nights and breakdowns like flashing lights, hospital rooms sleeping on a trundle bed and drowning out the voices in my head. 
I know you'd do it all again if I asked you to To the moon and back you told me And I say to the moon and back, time's infinity Would you like to see further productions of Dancing on the Driveway? Well, if my mum has anything to say about it, <laughs> it'll be back. Um, we talked about this the other day briefly. We did, yeah. People um, have been saying a lot. A lot of a lot of people have been like touring it. What they like, you should tour it at schools. Mm. I think it's yeah. I have no idea how you'd even begin that, but I mean it. It's, <laughs> I think it's possible. It's a possibility. Um, I think. I think every time I perform this piece as itself, as it stands, it will be different because it, it is very much a, it is so personal. Mm -hmm. It comes from who I am at this point in my t in time and I think it would change a lot. Um, and I think if we were to perform it in schools, it would also change a lot. Um, mm -hmm. But yeah. I think it has a message and an intention that is like missing from a lot of schools and from a lot of young people's lives mm -hmm. um, and could be, mm -hmm. yeah, very helpful. Yeah. in that sort of environment to hear. I think it's a good, if, if in any direction, mm. I, it's a good one to go Yeah, on. my mum, one, uh, her, one of her work friends brought her daughter along and she said that after the show, her daughter said, I don't feel so alone. And Awesome. I was like, cool, mission accomplished. Cool. <laughs> I'm done. <laughs> uh, there's three more shows, but I kind of <laughs> feel like I've, I've done, done my job, job. So that's, you know, that's good. There are some, I'm not spoiling anything, but there are elements of puppetry and I could definitely see... <laughs> because what I liked about the show was the visceralness, the simplicity of it, yet the simple, I think, achieving simplicity is one of the most hardest things you can do mm. when making the hardest things to do. But I think you've achieved it with the, the music... Um, I wouldn't say the choreography, but... Oh, thank you. <laughs> um, I think it's pretty fun. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the, the, there's elements of puppetry in, in it. Mm. But the also thing was because I have a family member, a very close family member, and I suppose myself too, but who's, who's, who's going through a particular case of mental illness that you referenced in the show. Mm. Um, and I was like, wow, but you, I think what's nice to hear is the articulation about the subject. And I want to read this review. Okay. And it was nice because, you know, when people think of the Fringe World Festival, and this is why I like the Fringe World Festival, because it is really a mixed bag of things. Mm. So the reviewer Douglas Sutherland Bruce wrote in Weekend Notes, If during this Fringe season you should feel that you have overdosed on circus and stand-up comedy, then try this as an antidote, an interval of reality before diving back into the fantastic. sound a bit weird <laughs> I'm ready <laughs> but one of the greatest accomplishments and I, I know it sounds like I'm blowing smoke up your chimney you performed on carpet <laughs> <laughs> 
do, you, do people really? I'd, I'd like to say people don't understand how difficult it is. There is so, there's a school of thought that you should never perform on oh carpet because it sucks up the energy and sound, and it's incredible. I've seen shows perform on carpet. It does not work. This show works on carpet. That's amazing. That's great to hear. Yeah, because we got. I think you, we were told earlier on that it was going to be on carpet, and then kind of forgot. And then we went into the venue. Oh, sorry, went to the venue to see it, and everyone went, "Oh yeah, carpet." Yeah, yeah. I was like, "Well, got to change, got to change some stuff." But nah, the carpets. Yeah, it's fun. It's it's comforting because. It means that I get to have a lovely meditate beforehand. It's yeah. just laying on the carpet. It's delightful. But, yeah, it, is, it, it doesn't feel like a performance space. In, and then when, um, when you're sitting in there before people come in, you know, like when we arrive, because it's used throughout the week as a meeting yeah. room. And so when we arrive, the Spanish classes, chairs and everything are all set up and we've got to rearrange it to make it look theatrical and... It doesn't feel like a theatre space, which I guess actually kind of, in a way, it actually really does suit this show in that... Yeah, I kind of like it. It's just kind of me having a chat, like a theatrical (laughs) chat, but it's just a chat, you know? And and then B's just playing some music. The the act of, like, also, uh, yeah, trying to make this, like, not particularly theatrical space, this space that's not, like, amazingly suited to performance, but, like, kind of works if you make it work, like us trying to make that work the best we can yeah. being this kind of yeah great thing like inviting people into like where we've set out these chairs and it's kind of squished in and there's like some lights taped to the floor my dad came kicked one of the lights over within two seconds like and it's just like all of it yeah like on this like yeah. box at the back and like oh, the, box. the box my dad also made a great big box Such for a us huge shout out to Aaron Gosper for making <laughs> the coolest damn box that um yeah. and that box you know that box has really taken it to a another level I think in terms of like it was my little bit of theatre I was like I want a theatre box that I could sit on and, yeah. and, and then and then we painted it to look like a car and, and we've just chucked this little theatre prop in a, yeah. in a bizarre little carpeted space and gone it's a theatre yeah, and because and, and it's fringe people go okay yeah, and they're like they're willing to give it a go and it's yeah it's really it's really fun and the box, it's got a wonderful picture of a car. Yes, yeah. painted. We by, painted it. By right, just right, right here in this here. living room. <laughs> and had lots of arguments about how it was going to be painted. But, no, um, I yeah. think we did. It was good. B, B did lots of planning. I was more, let's just go straight on with the paint. And B was like, no, we will map this out. And Which is how the box was made as well. How the box was made as well. Again, I was like, let's just stick, Everyone's stick like wood together. Ready to go, ready, everyone's like, I'm going to go to Bunnings today and get some wood. And I was like, okay. Well, how big is the box? What kind of wood? What, like, like, let's make a plan. Let's measure it out and do this. And then I was, like, fully ready to do it. I made my plans. My dad used to be a carpenter, so I had some, like, a little bit of knowledge. And I was, like, ready to kind of do it. And I rang him to, like, ask him a couple questions to just to make sure I knew what I was doing right. And he just went, well, how big is it? I'll knock it up this afternoon. <laughs> and, like, the next day there was a, like, and he's, huge he's box at my house. So yeah. Brought it down like an hour's drive. He, he was coming day. down. He was like, I'm coming down anyway tomorrow. I'll just knock it up tonight. I'll just knock it up for you The best. The and best. Then, yeah, the next day, like, he like knocks on my door and he's got this huge box. <laughs> it's like really heavy. It's really sturdy. He's like, I left the bottom open for storage later. Yeah. It's like, great. That box is going to have so many lives. Um, yeah, it's really good stuff. Um, 
but yeah, so that's our little our little gem. And I think <laughs> and I just it's you know that I kind of B came on board with this project as a sound composy person, and they've no, qu- quickly become my a performer. A designer, I resisted a, plan- a, a planning person. <laughs> yeah, you did a bit. Everyone but... kept giving me lines, um, and I said, <laughs> <laughs> "No lines." Um, but yeah, um, it's just been so much fun to do it with your friends. Like that's yeah, just really yeah. cool. And then we we get to muck around and paint stupid boxes and and do, do silly things. And it's yeah, it's really good because it's you know it's a hard you know there's times when it's a sad and hard show, and there were times when it was really hard and shitty. But having friends in the room that could just make it the best and yeah we we just had a great time well thank you so much guys for the chat you can catch dancing in the driveway this friday saturday and sunday the 8th <laughs> and 10th of february Ninth at lady Beaufort. nine to what nine eight nine and ten nine's in the middle nine in the middle <laughs> Sorry. Oh dear. <laughs> uh, Do you want to ladies... start again? Did I cook, a, cook no, it up no, now? No, no, no. no you're keeping really? going. I love it. I love tickets, it. Tickets at fringewell.com.au. And if any of our discussions raised any concerns, please call Lifeline on 131114. That's 131114. Thank you so much, guys. Thank, Thank you. you. Old scissors in gentle rain. And your tactic is business. I never felt so lucky having all of this After peeling all through the walls In the kitchen and out the back door To the moon and back it's home I say to the moon and back, time's infinity.